He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin, as always, joined here on, by the time you guys are listening to this, the best day of the week, your favorite day of the week. <laughs> nope. uh, Aaron Larsoul is on the other line here. We are going to be talking about last night's game. We are going to be talking about uh, the Warriors in that we series. Going to be, we are going to be talking about Wednesday night's game. Yeah, Wednesday night's game. Uh, and just a lot of commiserating, and and you know, I, I think there's some strategic t- stuff to, to talk about too. Um, but I really think, like, when we talk about the game, that we may as well just dive into it. Okay. We could talk about strategy. We can talk about counters to counters and and the things that Memphis did differently in that one, and the ways that the Lakers have to defend uh, Memphis. Uh, without jaw and all of that stuff, we can we can discuss that till the cows come home. Um, but really, like it starts with give a fuck, right? Like it, like it, it starts yes. with give a bleep. And 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 um, Wait, why did you say give a fuck once and then the second time said give a bleep? Well, you know, just in case like a, a kid was not paying attention and then four thought they later. heard what they they maybe okay. thought right. they heard, and then I went with bleep. All right, well then I um, ruined it. Yeah, yes, yeah, so, you know. Look, I think about the kids. You don't have kids. You don't have to think about the kids. So, um, so, so yeah, like, I don't know. I, I want to, like, I want to just start, you know, and, and I know that this is a path that leads down to, you know, a lot of criticism and stuff. And, and I think the Lakers deserve it. I think Anthony Davis, first and foremost, deserves it, um, with, because of his offensive, uh, you know, offensive on the on, on you know on the offensive side of the ball and, and generally offensive approach to that game. Like I, I just didn't I, I just didn't think that the Lakers coming in were going to offer up the kind of desperation that they that they knew they were going to face against Memphis. And mm-hmm. and you know part of what makes it so annoying is that you knew it was coming. You you just the Lakers this year given any opportunity to mess around they have and they did again in game two yeah i don't i mean you're right the lakers have not strung together a large stretch of games where the requisite mental focus um and effort has been there the lakers have played hard all year and credit to darvinham for keeping them playing hard um but but like I think part of it is it, it's not just playing hard. It, part of it is like holding the rope with your mental focus. Yeah. Um, and there have not been a large stretch of games where the Lakers have been able to do that, especially uh, was it, I, you know what? I think it was um, uh, Claire MPLS on mm-hmm. Twitter who made a good point about like, and actually Harrison made this point too in the Slack that, I don't participate in anymore, but that like the one thing they were sure of after game one was the Lakers were not going to come out with the requisite yep. energy focus, etc. But I don't think this is a Lakers issue. I think it's more of an NBA issue, a human nature issue and a playoff issue. And I say this all the time. Uh, True says this all the time. Also, 
you can't fake desperate. And this is why playoff series tend to go back and forth because you cannot fake desperation. It's human nature. Um, you can try to rile it up. It doesn't mean you're automatically going to lose. But the truth of the matter is the Lakers, and, and it's not Lakers specifically, but any road team coming in for the first two games uh, as the lower seed, you feel like you've done your job if you get, if you split, you feel like you've done your job. You've taken home mm -hmm. court. So I don't think it's a Lakers thing specifically. And from Memphis's perspective, yes, you can do some rallying around jaw, like for one game here or there. Um, and the Lakers have had problems coming with the, the requisite energy and effort and focus against teams that they just felt were inferior. Um, teams that didn't have all their guys, guys that were hurt. Some of that's human nature in the NBA also, but um, I think it's had more to do with kind of the way that human nature affects playoff series. If Mem so, Memphis comes, Memphis comes in, like no matter what anybody says, right? No matter what, what Darwin says, no matter what LeBron says, um, the Lakers did their job. And so that naturally you're going to have your, take your foot off the gas. And from Memphis's perspective, if they don't win yesterday, their season's over. So Memphis's desperation shone through and the Lakers didn't match it until it was too late. So here's another way that I'll put it. I think you and I agree that the Lakers are good, right? I think we agree that the Lakers are a good basketball team. Um, uh, not, not very flawed. Flawed, but good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like in, I mean, I think that we can say that about every NBA team. That should, there isn't like, there isn't a great team out there. Right. And the Lakers very much fall into that category mm -hmm. of good. There's, there's two in the East that are, that are great. No, I don't, I don't see. Well, great. I mean, what are we like great compared to whom? Great. I, like, I, I think I, there I, are two that are, I think there are two that are, I think, Boston I think there are and, really good teams, but I don't think there's a great team. I don't think there's I a think Boston and Milwaukee there. do not have, like as many obvious flaws as yeah, everybody that's fine. Else. But I, I still don't think like like great great to no, me is like the they're not the sixteen on the level one of the Lakers, Warriors right? The, the and, Lakers and that the LeBron Heat and the O one Laker. No, no, yeah, of course not. Um, that's that's more what I mean. And and like good teams, like I, the sixteen and one Lakers, and and actually like one of the things that I don't think Phil Jackson gets enough credit for is his record in elimination games. Like when, when the other... 15 and one, by the way. Yeah, when, when, the, when they, the other team... Played, there was a five-game series in the first round in those days. 15 and yeah. one. Yeah. Um, are you sure? Yeah. 15 oh, yeah, yeah, 15 and one. All right, fine. Um, but like the, 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 the Phil Jackson era, like if he had an opportunity to knock a team out, if he saw an opportunity to you know, like seize the control of, of a series and end that shit ASAP. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, his teams did just that. Like he really found a way to hammer into his teams the importance of taking advantage of opportunities over the course of the playoffs so that you don't have to expend extra energy and therefore have it when you're going to need it more. Sure. And 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 like, you know, that that 15 and one Lakers team, that oh one Lakers team those were not like bad teams that they were sweeping through, right? Like, no, but like, I think we're being a that little, West was like, loaded. But, the, the, yeah, the, but hold on, that was 
that was the best team in the NBA and yeah. was more talented no, than everybody I, else. My point. That's my point. Most dominant guys in the league, probably. That's my point. My point, though, is that like this team, good, not great. Like the this team. Seed. Well, sure, but but like. I guess the reason I'm saying all of this is so that, like, you know, the next time that, like, a great team beats the crap out of Memphis there, beats yes. the crap out of them two more times, and gets yeah. out of the first the first round here easily. Yeah. Like, I think I think the closest thing to a great team in the Western Conference is is Denver. You see what and they're Denver's doing to, to good the last two, yes, in their first. Yeah, and and like good. they they see an opportunity here. They see a Minnesota team. They see you know Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, essentially, you know, taking two shots in the first half, cosplaying is Danilo Gallinari, and they're like, "All right, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I like cool. that. Cool. Cool. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna go ahead and beat the shit out of you. We're gonna not get out of this first Danilo, round. You see, Danilo, get him up. But yeah, right. That's true. Yeah, um, yeah. He's a shy Danilo Gallinari. <laughs> like, well, you see, you know, you know, you know, it was right there. It was Andrea Bargnani. It was right there, and you didn't, you yeah, didn't get it. Right. Yeah, right. But like I, I just, you know, and and part of this, is, I, I think I was hoping that the Lakers would prove me wrong, and and that like I could reset my expectations here. But I think what what we what my takeaway, my macro takeaway from Game Two is they're not there, they're not there at that like You're they're, right. they're, they're not good. The 2022-23 Lakers are not at the level of the 2000-2001 Lakers or 2001-2002. No, 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 right. no. I'm saying, I'm saying that like, even relative uh, to we the knew, we knew that we knew that that wasn't going to be the case. Like that, that is a step too far. But had they had they won, like had they showed up and beat an extremely shorthanded Memphis team, albeit on the road, mm-hmm. then you could then I think you could kind of recalibrate your expectations and start to say like, oh. All right, this is a much more serious team than we thought, but no, like we saw them, they we saw them show up the way that they did, and I think we can still kind of look at them as all right, they're 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 good, they're pretty good to good, and still unserious, and still not 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 as serious as they need to be. Yeah, I think that see part of this, and you've watched the NBA not as long as I have, but a very very long time, and this is just how the playoffs go. Like, yeah, like, right. Miami, Miami won game one uh, with Giannis playing some of it and then came back for game two without Giannis. And we're down like 178 points in the first half. (laughs) This is just how these things go without Mm -hmm. Giannis. Right. This is how the playoffs go. It ebbs and flows. It goes up and down because the number one rule is you can't fake desperate. Um, So but you can try to match it. I think that's one can, like, rule. That's one thing. That's like one tenant of the playoffs. The other one is like the series doesn't start until the road team wins a game. Mm-hmm. Right. And the Lakers did that. And so naturally you are going to take your foot off the gas. It is human nature. I agree that it was disappointing yesterday. Um, I did like some of the fight in the second half to get it back to like, maybe there's a chance. Six points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so and, and some of that's like a positive thing too. I think it is, I think the Lakers should be concerned that AD basically got his ass kicked by Xavier Tillman. That mm-hmm. is concerning. I mean, there are things to be concerned about. D'Lo, somebody on Twitter was looking up a stat. D'Lo may be the worst field goal percentage shooter in playoff history. Maybe. It's getting close. Um, 
so I think there's some concern about D'Lo. Um, I if I said this on Twitter last night, if uh, if Ja is unable to go, I told you he wasn't going to play before he mm-hmm. was not going to play. If on Saturday he's not able to go, I would start Rui in Vando's place because Vando doesn't have anybody specifically to guard. He's much better on the perimeter, but he doesn't have anybody specifically to guard. And if you start him and say he's going to guard Tyus as he did uh, yesterday, two days ago, as you listen to this, or he's going to guard Bain, then I don't know who D'Lo and Austin guard. Um, So that's a problem. So because he doesn't have anybody, like he can guard bigger guys, but that is not his specific like yeah. him playing him being a four five on defense is not really a thing yeah, he's more three, i've compared four. it i've compared him to coos in that respect before um and on offense because anthony davis is not a threat shooting the ball really um and nobody's worried about him if he drifts out to the corner he's gonna do most of his work from you know 16 feet in that doesn't give vando a spot offensively other than just stand in the corner and he's not a dangerous shooter so nobody cares so I think that the, so if you're going to have Vando guard a big guy, which I think you have to without jaw, I think you may as well just start Ru, uh, Rui because, mm-hmm. especially because he's been great the first two games. And I think the little bit less you get on defense from Rui in those kind of matchups is completely offset by the fact that Rui is excellent right now, he's a better on offense. So, yeah. I would start. Um, that would be the adjustment I would make. I would, if assuming Jaw is not going to play, uh, yeah. because if Jaw plays, I definitely want Vando guarding him. But yeah. assuming Jaw doesn't play, the first thing I would do is I think Rui has to start in Vando's place. So Raj pushed back on this a little bit, and I understand why people would push back on this uh, when when you hear it out loud. But I actually think that the Grizzlies are a better matchup, not a better team, but a better matchup for the Lakers without jaw than they are with him. Um, okay. I, I, what concerns me if I was, if I was a Memphis fan and jaw was getting ready to play against these Lakers, what would concern me about the matchup is that like all of his work is inside out, right? He gets into the paint and he has a great floater game and he's great at getting to the basket, finishing at the basket. Um, you know, he collapses defense and all of that stuff. But like, because he's such a questionable shooter, AD can play deep drop and you know become you know, kind of implode the paint. He had twenty five in the third quarter at crypto, yeah. right in well, front yeah, of yeah, but, but that, AD I, was playing a deep drop. Yeah, but I think like he was playing a deep drop and the Lakers were also going over the top of it. And that was presenting too much space on the other side of the screen. Right. I, I think if you go, if you just, if you go deep drop there with AD and you have, you know, when you go into a deep drop, that's going to create a natural channel, the channel for, for the defender to slip under the I screen. I to create a channel. I, I, I channel, like that A canal. Like, a canal, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like but Venice, like I, Venice, California and Venice, Italy. Yeah, but like I... I but I, I, you know, I, I, again, jaw, incredible player, one of the most exciting players in the NBA, all that stuff. And yeah. Memphis is a better team, more uh, explosive team with him out there. Yes. But the fact that Bain and the fact that Tyus force AD to come and show up a little higher makes the Lakers weaker on the backside and, and makes them weaker in the paint. And, and I think 
like AD against a jaw team fits perfectly. But, uh, you know, when you, when you stretch out AD and the Lakers are kind of weak on the backside there, uh, that's, that's where I think those guys present a tougher matchup for the Lakers defensively than jaw does. Um, and, and, and also like when jaw isn't out there, like we just talked about a second ago, the Lakers best perimeter defender is Jared Vanderbilt. You don't have a real use for him in the same way. So that makes it tougher as well. I, I, uh, I, I kind of wonder if we'll get more Vando Rui minutes so that Vando can match up against Bain or can match up against, um, uh, against Tyus or whatever. And you have more of a purpose for, for Vando being out there. But yeah, as of right now, I kind of wonder if, if Memphis is a little bit more dynamic, a little bit more, uh, it is a tougher matchup for the Lakers without jaw than with him, especially a, a, a lessened jaw, like a, a jaw with a hurt wrist. No. Okay. <laughs> Do you want me to expound? No. <laughs> next, next question. No. I mean, they but have like, been good. They have been good this year and they were good last year without him. Tyus. They're also but, worse defensively with jaw. Like jaw is correct. not a good defensive player. Correct. Tyus isn't either, but he's better than jaw. Yeah. Uh, correct. Mm -hmm. I think the other problem. For, so I've been clamoring for LeBron to guard Dylan Brooks. Um, I, I said it in here, I think last week before the mm -hmm. series started. And um, that's still what I would do. It hasn't happened yet. <clears throat> Excuse me. It hasn't happened yet, but that's still what I would do. And um, so for me, it would be, it would be Austin. Yeah. So I would put D I would put D'Lo on Tyus. I would put Austin on Desmond Bain. Um, That's what I we've seen put, mostly. I would put LeBron on Dylan Brooks, which he has not been. And I would put, I think I would put Rui. <laughs> this is going to sound counterintuitive. I think I would put Rui on Triple J mm -hmm. because like if Triple J is going to, he was, he was kind of backing down LeBron, but if he's going to come with all those dribbles, if you're going to make him put it on the ground nine, yeah. 10 times, if it's like a seven a or eight second help, possession. Yeah. I want, I want, because I don't want I don't want AD on him because I want AD to be able to roam, roam. and beat up every shot that has, as he's done the last two games. Um, so I would put I would put him on Tillman, although Tillman ate his lunch <laughs> Wednesday. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't like if you're going to do that again, Xavier Tillman, like kind of kind of the um, the, the Memphis's approach to Rui, like Rui, if you're going to make five threes, then like we lose. Mm -hmm. So if if Xavier Tillman can do that to AD again, the Lakers probably lose. So yeah. I don't, so I would put that so he could roam a little bit. He can be a doubler. I think the Lakers do have done a bad job. They've overhelped quite a bit. Um, but that's one of the reasons I want LeBron on, on Dylan Brooks, because that plays into LeBron's bad habit of wandering away from shooters and mm -hmm. overhelping when it's not necessary and kind of being inattentive because I want Dylan Brooks to shoot. I, yeah. Like go ahead. And that's the other part of it that look, Dylan Brooks has no conscience anyway. He has, he has a hundred percent, no conscience when jaw is not there. When jaw yeah. is there, he has 95% no conscience. So I think that is one of the other things that harms Memphis without jaw is it empowers Dylan Brooks. And that is not something that they should want. Yeah, I guess it, I, I, that's fair. I just think, you know, 
especially a lesson because I didn't think that like this is going to sound crazy again, but like jaw bringing up the ball and, and, and going into the pick and roll made me a lot less nervous than down the stretch of last night's game. When like all Memphis kept on doing was get the ball either to whoever Russell was guarding and putting him in the pick and roll or setting a, a, a pick first before you get into the actual pick and roll to force uh, D'Angelo Russell to guard in the pick and roll. Schroeder didn't play well yesterday, so so they they went with they went with Russell instead, who also didn't play very well. He but you had to choose you had to choose between those two guys, and um, yeah, I just think like those guys picking on on D'Angelo Russell and forcing AD to come up or you know whoever is guarding the screener, usually AD, uh, to come up and pull him away from the paint. Not necessarily. I think the Lakers did this with Jaron Jackson Jr. in Game One. The Lakers, you know, they were they kept on running pick and rolls to Jaron Jackson Jr. to get him out of the paint, and he kept on going into deep drop. And Austin Reeves was able to pick that apart. Um, in this one, in this case, and in both cases on both sides of the ball, um, AD was coming up a little higher, and Jackson in, in on Memphis's side was coming up a little higher. It just so happens though that Memphis. Um, was able to execute better than the Lakers when that when that advantage in the paint was created and and you know that that I think was kind of if you want if you want to look at like beyond the give a bleep in 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 game one if you want to look like tactically speaking the difference to me was that Memphis was able to take advantage of of the issues that they were creating by pulling AD out of the paint then the Lakers were able to 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 take advantage of getting Jaron Jackson Jr. out of the paint yeah I think the other big thing was, especially in the fourth quarter, the Lakers were battling the shot clock over and over yeah. and over. And it was throw the ball to LeBron. It was walk it up, first of all. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, now you've already cut six seconds off or yeah. something, six to eight seconds off. And then it was mid post or wing touch for LeBron. And it was kind of LeBron going through a bunch of stuff with nobody moving. And then yeah. with a couple seconds left, Vando cuts to the paint. LeBron threads it to him. Vando either doesn't catch it or gets his shot beat up or, or doesn't have a lane to finish and kind of has to kick it out to somebody. And then you're fighting the shot clock. So I think we could see, I, you said there's a choice like D'Lo didn't, D'Lo was bad. D'Lo was awful. Um, Mm -hmm. Dennis wasn't any good either. He had as many points as you and I did. I and you said you have to make a. Did bad you score? Because I didn't score. No, I didn't have. I had, I had none. Me neither. Yeah, I, I, I had an off know. night. Wait, no, I did score. Oh, you mean in the game? Okay. Uh, <laughs> you in basketball? Yeah, sorry. Um, no, I had I had no points. I had no points in that contest. Um, so I think the, I think what you can see and like uh, and look like LeBron has not looked one hundred percent. Mm-hmm. yet this series um and he's deferred a lot more than you would expect him to but i still believe that if you have lebron and austin that is enough creation so you may not have to choose between delo and dennis if they're not playing well in a closing yeah. lineup. um you asked for some vando and Rui time i think austin vando Rui, lebron and ad is possible i think you could substitute as bad as he's been I think you could substitute Beasley for one of Rui or Vando and get some. 
offensively spacing. get some spacing too, because that was that's the problem. Like Vando has nowhere to stand. Yeah. And then he gets in the lane and it's all clogged up because there's no spacing and he is not a good playmaker to begin with. So not a good finisher. No. So uh, I think that I think there will be some some lineup differences. But going back to your your or I think there can be um, going back to your job point. The other reason why he matters so much to Memphis is because you were talking about their half court offense. They're bad. Their half court o- offense is bad. And mm-hmm. that was with their best screener, Steven Adams, and he's not available. So Tyus just walks the ball up. Tyus is not trying to run. Yeah. Dylan Brooks does a little bit. Bain doesn't. So I think preventing John keeps you out, out of mm-hmm. preventing them from getting out in transition because Jaws out, I think that's a huge loss for them because their half court offense just isn't any good. And frankly, it wasn't any good Wednesday either. Yeah, they only scored 103 points. You know, yeah, it was the Lakers' issues there were on the offensive side of the ball than on than than on the uh, defensive. Yeah. Um, regarding that, though, you know, it was interesting to see Memphis essentially say, "All right, we're not going to get beat in drop coverage again." They did a lot more switching, and it mm-hmm. forced the Lakers to throw the ball over the top of their defense. Um, they went and, under and, on Austin screens. Yeah, and and it forced the Lakers basically to throw these lob passes into AD, which, yeah, he got the ball in dangerous spots, but it took the ball a long time to get there because it's a high-arcing pass. And by the time the ball got there, and especially with the way that AD was catching it and and assuming the fetal position, the Lakers weren't able to take advantage of those advantageous spots uh, spots that he was catching the ball. Um, One hand, this is a matter of AD, stand your ground, Hold, like keep the ball up high and finish quickly and don't allow yourself to get triple teamed underneath the basket and shoved off of your spot. Um, I know Lakers fans are going to whine and say like he was, he was out physical and, and, and uh, physical bordering on, on illegal, right. And that there should have been more calls and that AD only shooting four free throws is a travesty. And to that, I would say like in the playoffs, if you're already getting moved off of your spot, you're not going to get the call. His first um, two shots were 16-foot fadeaways. So, yeah. like, that spoke to me immediately, like, all right, at least offensively, because AD was really good defensively. Yeah. But at least offensively, I was like, mm, Yeah. Maybe. Then he gets blocked by Conchar, and, and, like, he gets, he like, he gets into these modes for whatever reason where he just doesn't jump offensively. Like, he wants the ball to get as low over the like if he's going to dunk it it's going to be these like kind of rim grazers when he is more than capable of getting elbow above the 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 rim and throwing it down with force and and for whatever reason he'll have these games where he'll just kind of either lay the ball up and creep it over the rim before you know when it hits the um backboard or you know on his dunks even It'll barely get above the rim. And like even last night, he missed a dunk. Like he missed a putback, I yep. think, because of his because of his weird like tendency in that one to not want to get his feet underneath him fully and elevate. So like part of this is just AD needs to play better. Like that's just it. Like there's no other way around it. Yeah. X's and O's don't matter. AD I, I, like, I agree. needs to buck up. But also, like, you know, is there it do you do you think there's anything that the Lakers can do to allow him to play better? No, 
No. Yeah. Like offensively, no. I'm because, with you. No. I think you're still catching the ball in great spots. Yeah. Like um, I I didn't like the again I didn't like the fourth quarter from. I was I'm gonna say LeBron because LeBron was holding the ball too much, but. I think LeBron felt like, mm, I don't know if we have any great options here. So this is what yeah. it's going to be. Um, I think I'm the best option, even though I thought LeBron was holding the ball too long. But no, I do think it was just kind of a AD needs to force the issue more. And as I said, like his first couple possessions were him just like fading away and shooting fall away jumpers against guys that are, shouldn't be able to guard him. So I think this was more just, and he said so. He said as much after the. Uh, after he always the game. does. That's part of what's annoying. You're but correct. Anyway. He does. That does happen a lot. You're correct. Um, I, I also like really quickly before we move off of this one, and and I do like I look the Lakers can't fake desperation when they're going up against it in Memphis, but now the Lakers have to be the desperate team, right? The Lakers. If they lose uh, either of these next two games, not necessarily. I did like. Yeah, now you kind of get back to school. Now you get back to square one, and the Lakers have home court advantage. Sure, yeah, but I'm saying like the Lakers can't give home court advantage right back. If they you give hope, it back, they don't. Yeah. They yeah. they do not win this series. Like if they lose either of these two games at home, they do not win this series. I, I think I can, I can say mm. that pretty staunchly. Mm. I think. Okay. Um. Now. I know a lot of people are, are kind of wondering because the Lakers are getting out physical, like the Lakers do have a big body sitting over there on the bench who has not played yet in a series in Mobamba. And to those people, I would say he's not the answer. <laughs> I know. I don't, I have nothing. I have no further questions, your honor. I... Like I, I know, I know that you know he was this acqui- late season or not late season, but but like you know deadline acquisition and and that conceptually, conceptually he does fit a lot of the things that the Lakers kind of need size and he is size that can theoretically space the floor, but like the thing I'll say about Bamba and this is going to sound harsh, but it just kind of is. Okay. Uh, he is a lot more the concept of a player than he is the realization of that concept. That's why he was available from from Orlando. That's why Bull Bull had kind of edged him out of the rotation. That's why Orlando, before this last season, um, I think they they uh, gave up their their rights to him. Like they they uh, before they signed they, before they resigned him. Like he was a he was an unrestricted free agent, and then he became restricted. Yes, and he still non guarantee. Yes. Yeah, and then and then they gave him a non guaranteed deal and like look part of the value that you know pete has kind of mentioned this i don't know if you can speak to it um more definitively <laughs> but like part of what bomba's value is at the deadline is that he has kind of a later guarantee date in this yeah. offseason than usual and that makes him more valuable a trade asset but in terms of him the player right now it's it's tough the lakers traded for him and normally he would get his reps in the month or so before the the before the playoffs. Unfortunately, he sprained his ankle, didn't get any of those reps, and yeah. Ham isn't going to trust him as a result of that. And even still, like even before he sprained his ankle, I didn't see anything from him that I would be like, "Oh yeah, he's what the Lakers need in this series." No further questions, Your Honor. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, <clears throat> I. I. Yeah. I agree. Um, I mean, I think he's good enough to, like, 
if if Steven Adams were was available for Memphis, I think like he's good enough to play eight minutes or something. But I, there isn't a need for a big body like Anthony Davis is fine. LeBron and yeah. Rui are big enough like to go against Jaron Jackson Jr. and Xavier Tillman and Santi Aldama. The Lakers are big enough. Yeah. Um, and the ways in which they have seemed not big enough is an effort thing. And I think that it's a player thing. It's not that they aren't. It's that they haven't played up to that level yet. The Lakers didn't look too small in game one. Yeah, they look. I mean, although Jaron Jackson Jr. was great in game one, um, but they didn't look too small. They looked too small yesterday, but you're going to look too small even against smaller guys if you're getting punked. If you're yeah. not like, again, desperation has a very distinct smell and it cannot be faked. Yeah. Um, all and right. I hate, have I ever told you that I hate the sneakers app? Um, no, but most people do. I hate this. So, uh, let's, let's wrap up here on a nice cheerier subject here. Um, I'm going to love this one, right? Uh, you know, this, this being a, a new iteration of the hook, you and I do like to wander around the league a little bit Yes. and the, I think biggest loudest certainly story in the NBA is dream on green suspension. I didn't think, like I said on the lowdown after that game, I didn't think he would get suspended. I thought the league would kind of look at the uh, ejection from that game and the loss that resulted from that ejection mm-hmm. as enough. They had a one when he left. After he left, I think that King shot seventy five percent from the field and had like yeah. a one fifty six offensive rating. Yeah, in the, whatever six seven minutes that he was out. Um. So yeah, I I. I think you and I are probably on the same page and thinking that he wasn't going to get ejected. This was kind of suspended. Yeah. Suspended ejected, certainly, but, but suspended. And then, um, this was kind of interesting because the league talked about his reputation playing a role in his suspension. (laughs) Um, Adam silver was there in the building as he exits and he's like showing zero remorse for having uh, bruised the sternum of his counterpart on the court. Did he really bruise his sternum? I don't know. According to the Kings, he did. Hey, it's oh. smart of the Kings, yeah, by the, the Kings, way. Uh, the Kings are reliable Kings, narrators. Kings, Kings, Kings did really good, I thought, like with well, releasing played. that information. Like, yeah. they handled that well. They, it's kind of it's kind of like like players, LeBron does this really well, where he'll like get glance in the face and he'll go to the floor and he'll force the NBA, the, the 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 referees to look to see if it was Another a flagrant foul. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was it was a it was it, like the Kings basically did that with with Domas's injury. Um, but uh, I don't I don't know the, the whole like should he shouldn't he have been suspended thing. Like I guess we could talk about that. But um, what I find interesting here is more macro as it pertains to the Warriors. And on one hand, they don't have this run. They don't have this dynasty without what dream on green brings to the table. He's maybe the most unique defensive presence that the league has ever seen. Um, really helped change the way the he defense is the best, is played. He is the best defensive player of this generation and maybe the most unique defender ever. Yes. And, and yet his antics cost them a, a championship against yep. LeBron and yep. now might end this run potentially prematurely. Like what's what do you do on the math there? Like do you it, it's it, it's a net positive because they've still they've them. still won their championships. They won four championships. You ride with yeah. them. Yeah. And you but, know what? It's kind of like Steph also. Like 
Steph is stomping Steph, on people, that would be fun. The way that Steph plays offense. <laughs> if Steph could includes, stomp on somebody, who would he have stomped on over the course of his career? Kendrick Perkins. He got into it with Kendrick Perkins. Like uh, <laughs> Kendrick and told Kendrick Perkins, you don't play, basically. <laughs> That's what, that's why on ESPN he calls them. Would it be James Harden? Light skin guys with the green, the light skin dude with the green eyes. I think is what he calls him. Um, you know, maybe his brother. He'd probably step on Seth, <laughs> just some like yeah. old Harvard ill feelings yeah. from the driveway. You got to Duke because I was great at Davidson. 19, you like, <laughs> in the driveway in 1992, somewhere in Charlotte, or maybe they were in Toronto then. Um, you ride with it. Because so the thing with Steph, okay. the, the comparison I'm going to make is like Steph is loose with the ball and Steph turns the ball over. Mm -hmm. But you can't just part of that is inherent in how he plays. And you yeah. can't just like remove that and still get the greatness. Like, it's like a, a gunslinger quarterback, right? Like he's going to throw mm -hmm. some picks, but you can't just eliminate the parts of it that you don't like and just keep the parts that you do like. It doesn't work that way. So, yeah, yeah Draymond is on the edge basically always yeah he's over the edge often yeah but you don't get all of that other stuff without that without him living on the edge like that and sometimes it boils over and it did on whatever monday sometimes it boils over but you don't you can't take you can't neuter him in that way you can't take that away and still want all that defensive intensity and Frankly, the Warriors don't have that otherwise, and they haven't had it. They're a bunch of like, look, Steph Curry is the boogeyman, and he's a killer, right? And Clay mm -hmm. Thompson is as competitive as anyone in the league. But they are seen as soft. They are seen yeah. as nice. They are seen as finesse, and Draymond is the enforcer. They don't get so. after it defensively. Like, like <laughs> I mean, th that this year they don't. They yeah. did before. That was the, always the secret to the Warriors' success was they're going to keep scoring, and at some point, you're going to have six minutes where you don't score. The Warriors will just turn your water off, and you won't mm -hmm. score, and the Warriors still will, and you lose. So I don't know. But that like, wasn't because of Steph. Like, that was Andre Godala. That was Draymond Green. That was, that was Kevin KD, Durant the one year. That was Clay. That was GP last year. Clay is a great GP defender. Too. Yeah, or he was. was but yeah. He's not anymore. He was. Yeah. No, but, it, but, but Steph turned himself from a guy that you could pick on all the time to – Okay. Slightly above average, mm -hmm. like, and plays well in the scheme and has built his body up enough so you can't just punk yeah. him anymore. So I, I think the, the Warriors just have to ride with this. Like, you can't, you don't get the good Draymond without the bad Draymond. And without the good Draymond, none of this happens. I, Draymond is as unique. Like, what the Warriors do on defense, it's all Draymond. Just like what the Warriors do on offense is all Steph. Yeah. And they have they have a synergy offensively and a synergy defensively. It just look, all of it's 30. All of it is Steph, right? None of this happens without Steph. But the Warriors are not the Warriors without Draymond, which is also why they have a very interesting offseason coming up, especially with the more punitive uh, uh, tax apron stuff coming. So mm -hmm. it, and Draymond can opt out. So I, I think there are going to be changes there if this continues to go like it, it has been going. I just like again. I said this on Twitter and got roasted the other day during the game. It was it was like before halftime when it was still you know in doubt. Mm -hmm. I said the Kings have a zero point zero percent chance of winning this series, but what it has shown is all of those issues that the Warriors had during the regular season are real, 
and yeah. maybe there isn't a switch to flip. Yeah. So again, like I still think the Warriors are going to win the series, but like they have even to win with the night, that said, tomorrow night whenever they play. That's tonight. Or it was, it, you'll know the answer to this. As oh my god, dude! Ten. Yeah, and it overlaps with the Clippers' Suns. What is the NBA doing? It's seven and seven thirty. I don't remember which one's which, but it's seven and seven thirty last night. You'll know the answer to both of these. Like, part of this is created because like series. it's four teams from the same state that are all in the playoffs, and like to a certain extent, there's five. going to be over five teams. The Lakers, Kings. Dubs, oh no, Lakers. four teams from the same state. You're saying Phoenix. I thought you were including Phoenix. Four, I thought you were saying the division. It's five teams from state. the division. The yeah, Pacific I'm in state. time zone. Or yeah. Phoenix is sometimes in the Pacific time zone. And sometimes yeah. not. Um Adam Silver isn't good at this. But but like I I <laughs> <laughs> uh yes, by the way, I do agree with you about uh I did not think he was gonna get suspended. I don't think he was gonna get suspended. I didn't think I don't think he should have been suspended. Can I give like, you my tinfoil theory? Yeah. Um, I think... You so know Shams Tim Boyle come, had Anthony as my favorite Anthony. Yeah. So Shams comes out and says that uh, people close to Draymond don't think that he's going to be suspended. Yeah. They, no, I don't think it was people <clears throat> close to Draymond. I think it was sources. But he said he, he, he did. Like, either sources unlikely. close to Draymond or close to the Warriors. Like, okay. you know, to that side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, don't think that Draymond is going to be suspended. And... I think that was, I think without that report, I don't think Draymond gets suspended. Like, I, 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 yeah, maybe. I think like that brashness of like, oh, yeah. And come combine on. that with how he went off the court and like, yeah. riling everybody up. I think that, like, I think, I think sure. he might have been able, and, it, and if he goes like, if he goes post game, post game and says like, that was stupid, I shouldn't have done that, whatever. Um, <clears throat> if he, like, basically the way he handled it, Every step along the way poorly. led to him getting suspended. Yeah, no, very poorly. But none of those things are grounds for suspension. You're right. You're probably right. Yeah. But in the fact that Adam Silver was, you know, whatever in the fourth row, like that's, you're right. The optics of it are bad. You're right. But mm-hmm. none of that is grounds for suspension. And he well, was stomping on a coworker is probably was, grounds for suspension. No, no, no. That's why he got ejected. <laughs> he served He served the penalty for that. He got ejected yeah. and probably cost the Warriors the game. He got ejected. There you go. He served that. Sabonis, whether you think he that was adjudicated fairly or not, he served a punishment. He got a T, right? The Warriors get a free throw. Draymond gets a flagrant two and gets ejected. There's the punishment. The extra yeah. stuff on top of it, the suspension on top of it. And if you want to fine him, fine. The extra stuff on top of it. If you want to find him for conduct, conduct detrimental, like because he didn't leave in a timely fashion. Yeah. He didn't like flip anybody off. He was riling up the crowd and trying to get his guys to win one for him. I, I, I think that, yeah. Especially because of how like competitive, this has been the most competitive and it's like, been the best fun series. series. Like it's been the most dramatic, all of that. And this is the defending champs on the ropes which you want to see how are they going to respond. And it is the team of the decade, the Warriors. And you're also like kind of taking something from the Kings. The Kings have beaten them twice, right? I think the officiating has been slanted towards the Kings, but that's not why the Kings beat them. The Kings beat them because the Warriors tricked off games on the road like they've been doing all year. And the Kings have been better in the two games. So it's also taking away from like we're sitting here doing, we're talking about Draymond. We're not talking. That's what everything 
nationally is happening on TV. And it's not just like, wait a second, maybe we should be paying attention to the Kings. So I also don't like it for that reason is if the Kings end up winning the series, there's always going to be that asterisk like, oh yeah, you won because Draymond got kicked out of one game and suspended for another one. That I don't like about it either. Okay, but like <clears throat> to that point, don't stomp on people. <laughs> no, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> like, if I was a Kings fan and somebody like if, if somebody said like, see, there's an asterisk on this because because he was suspended, it's like, hey, maybe the fact that the Kings played so well and frustrated him to the extent that he stomped on people was actually kind of a credit towards the way the Kings are playing. And towards sure. the way that the, or, the, like, or he just got sick of Sabonis trying to put the Kurt Angle ankle lock on him. I mean, and this come is on, a, like every people are acting but, like if people are acting like we I've seen Draymond himself grab somebody's leg a lot worse than sure. that. But, you but know, if you if, if you look at what the NBA, like former players and uh, current players have been saying about this publicly it is all in support of Draymond. It is all like you that is something you that like you just don't do like grabbing somebody's ankle you like and twisting it and like falling into it like that you just don't do. Yeah. He also, by the way, we've we, also seen that before and those and, players not get stomped on. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not telling you that Draymond handled it anything other than poorly. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. But I also don't like the minimization of Sabonis's role in, in this. I think that's, yeah. I think that's problematic, but problematic. Yeah, no, Draymond, yeah. I think it's problematic. Like socially problematic. You're going that far. I think it's problematic. Really? interesting because every go every nba player on twitter is like no 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 sabonis is the problem here like you don't what he did you do not do and i think there's a i think there's a lot going on socially there too though right like if we no yusuf nurkic was like was like don't sabonis you don't you do not do that i mean Yusuf Nurkic Nurkic is is a clutch guy, I think. Also, yeah, I I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to touch all of that because I think there's a lot. I mean, like, if you are going to touch it, fine. If we want to go there, fine. I think there. I think generally speaking, and we've talked about this before with like how people talk about like like no bag Twitter talks about Giannis and how, um, you know, segments of of the NBA talk about Jokic and the way that Dirk was held for a long time and the way the POW was held for a long time. Like there is, there is like a, if we want to talk about the classification of players, that is a part of it. And I think like the result, the, the, the response from NBA players and, and Nurkic is kind of the outlier here, but as you mentioned, there's an agency thing, Maybe, which yeah. might be playing a role Maybe. in this. Game um, was very vocal about it too. And, and, and so like, I, I, I think, I think part of that is, is like, you know, kind of riding for the American player here. Uh, I, I think that might be playing a role. And look, like there are unwritten rules that, like you know, that that you don't, you just don't do. And 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 I I totally understand NBA players or athletes in in particular. The ankle is a very fragile area of the body. It doesn't take very much to tweak that or whatever and change the way that somebody is forced to play moving forward. But I also think that. Like this idea that I, I I personally the way that I saw the way that Domas did uh, went down, I didn't see him grab specifically at Draymond's ankle. I saw him hold his hand up to his face, and maybe it's a trick that he did to like by putting his hand up by his face, it did just kind of grab at the ankle, and that was him like 
me falling for a trick that he pulled and that's he fine that's altogether possible watch go watch it again why was he on the ground to begin with well big's fall yeah like, and he tried I, to pull, I think and by the way he tried to pull clay down with him he grabbed clay's jersey and tried to bring clay down yeah and, and look if we want to talk about big's falling too much like i think the way Embiid <laughs> oh, falls is oh. bad i think the way that ad oh. falls sometimes is oh. bad like i think generally speaking AD, like ad falls like legitimately though like it's too much and it's weird but Embiid, it's so obvious you know what I'm yeah like, no know? no i i think that's bad for the league like you you and i have talked about you, you I, I don't know if we've talked about it here on the show but we've certainly talked it off the air i think the nba is too soft like there's too much flopping there's like you have the biggest people on the planet getting knocked over all the time by contact that like gets Embiid laughed at in hockey. Foot 19, 612 yeah. pounds. And yeah. he's on the ground 15 times a game. Right. And, and like, and it's from contact that football players laugh at hockey players laugh at. Like it is, it is contact that like in, in an Alan era Iverson where would truck him in practice, apparently. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> but like, like you look at six foot five eleven, six foot, hundred and. He's five ten. I've I've been in the same room as Iverson, and he is five ten. He is my height. Definitely small. Yeah, he. Yes. Um, Definitely smaller than me. And and so like like I I, you know I think in this era where we've seen MMA grow like crazy, football continues to grow like crazy, hockey is growing and stuff, and the NBA is growing at least in terms of general revenue that gets that gets uh, spent on the league or whatever. But like the league needs to kind of bulk up a little bit like the, the this the, all the flopping all that stuff is is i think legitimately bad for the perception of the nba every single person that i talk to um who talks who, who like who talks about like why they don't watch the nba they all point to the flopping all of like them black people no well, like oh, they watch football you know like they like you know they like, don't like lamar jackson <laughs> well look there's a lot going on there <laughs> You know, fair. And, and look, I think that's a, I think that's a factor too. But all of them say, I mean, that's they're too why soft. That, There's too much flopping. It's like it's why Americans don't like soccer either. Because every correct. single time somebody gets slide tackled, they go down and act as if their foot's gonna fucking fall yeah, off. Like they got and no, shot. like nobody likes watching that. Nobody likes watching that. And then and then in the NBA, you have that going on with even bigger people, bigger people, like people who like if 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 I was to have a collision with. Anybody on a basketball court, anybody, point guards and up, I would walk away and maybe not walk away. <laughs> I would be sore for a week from yeah, no, any collision. Isaiah, Isaiah with, Thomas would run you over. Yeah, like all of those guys, they are actual Avengers that we're watching play out yeah, there, and yet they're they're they're, 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 yeah. they're flopping as if as if they're getting shot on 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 any little contact that happens from people who are fractions of their size. I'm sorry, like in this era where it's really clear that the American, you know, people in American culture, we like physicality. We like blood sport. And we like, we're, watch, we're watching these guys who are legitimate superheroes, like act as if they're dying. I, I'm sorry. It's just not good for the league. At some point, the league is going to have to fix that. So Oof, I want to be clear. I, felt good. I am not, I am not in no way. Am I excusing what Draymond did? He was wrong. I just, the focus on him solely and not on Sabonis at all is is the point I'm making. But I'm not excusing any of Draymond's actions at all. I mm-hmm. don't think he should have been suspended. It's fine that he was ejected. Um, so I'm not suggesting that like what about ism? Like oh, this is Sabonis. He started it. He did. 
but like Draymond still did what he did, chose to do what he did and didn't have to. Mm -hmm. um, I just don't like the conversation or the, it feels like Sabonis is getting excused and I don't, that bothers me. Draymond should be excused punished. is too far. I think it, excused is too far. Like I, I don't think the on-court punishment met the on-court crime though, I think is, is how I would phrase that. Fair. But I mean, no, I'm talking about the because Draymond ended up getting suspended. That has been the entire conversation, and we've lost. Like, hold on, there's another dude that was also that was not great either. So I think they they were they were both wrong. I think is the point, and I think that has been lost. So if like, if Draymond gets suspended and Domas gets fined, would you be okay with the result? No, okay. no. Draymond's missing a game and whatever. So I think that Sabonis should have been either ejected in that game or suspended for this game. Because what he did was not as egregious as Draymond. I will grant you that. But without him, none of this happens, right? He instigated the incident. He started it. And I think, he, you know, a technical foul, I think, does not fit the crime. So Draymond's going to mm. miss Draymond's going to miss a game and, you know, what, four and a half quarters. Um and you could argue lost them game two because of the Warriors lost game two because of that. So I do not think Draymond missing four and a half quarters and uh, and the Kings getting two free throws and the Warriors getting one free throw and Sabonis not missing any time. I do not think that that is an accurate representation of the incident. Yeah, that's fine. I, I, I... And because of that, the narrative is only about Draymond and I'd be like... Wait a second. Sabonis is like mm, that's that was dirty. I'm not saying he's a dirty player. I do think he is a dirty player, but I'm not suggesting yeah. that. That in that specifically was dirty. Can I um can I loop back to something as it pertains to the Lakers before we get out of here? Please. I think the Lakers miss that physical bordering on dirty player. I think they, they need that presence, you know, whether it was Dwight before, whether it was Markeith before, whether it was Boogie for a little while, like they pick up Tristan Thompson, he's not going to play or anything like that. But like, no, Tristan's um, not like that anyway, though. Yeah. But You're I, talking like, about I, like an agitator. Yeah. Well, somebody who's going to make the other team uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, um, uncomfortable because you don't necessarily know when that dirty play is going to happen. It's going to happen. Like at some point, like you Dwight want, Howard, at some point in all of these. You don't want a dirty, you don't want an actual dirty player. You don't want Grayson no. Allen. You want somebody no. that's Oh, like no, 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 no. That's very different. Yeah. No, like, I, I mean, I like, Draymond. I don't mean dirty, you want, dirty. You want Draymond. Yeah, well, I don't like mean. on the edge and it that concerns the other team. Yeah, like it, it, at any moment, Dwight would get a rebound and he would stick his elbows out and those elbows could, deca could decapitate somebody. And um, there was he a concern the for anybody he running. Turned the, he turned the series against Denver because yeah. Jokic, he made Jokic so uncomfortable in the bubble. Jokic wanted no part of Dwight just because like the physicality and the effort and the ribbing and the trying to punk you and over and over. He just, Jokic wanted no part of that. And there was, there was also um, back during the Kobe Powell years, there was a series against Houston that Houston was playing pretty well, actually. Um, hmm? You're talking about our test? No, well, when our test was on the Rockets, um, but I think the play that turned that series was Fisher cold cocking 
Louis Scola. <laughs> and and like and and actually, um, like that's Louis not Scola. just me. Also, like Trevor Ariza has been asked about that, and he says that that lit a fire under the rest of the Lakers. That like, hey, yeah, they're they're playing a little physical, all this stuff. But Fisher sent a reminder to everybody out there, Lakers and Rockets, no. That's not going to stand. We are going to be the aggressors here, and I you think want, you want Andrew Bynum clotheslining JJ Barea. Well, no, because that was that was hundred and forty eight. The series was already over, over when yeah. that happened. Yes. Like that was just that was just like letting out frustration. But I mean, I mean more like productive aggression. And I think the Lakers, like right now, the most physical player on the Lakers right now is LeBron, and I don't think that's a good thing. You know, I, I think you you that. need you need somebody who. The other team, like Rui, is built like that, but he's not that kind of a player. He's not going to go out there and start Austin something. Austin is that kind of player, but isn't built like that. <laughs> Austin might have that mentality, but like, yeah, nobody. My, my father-in-law was over when Austin like flexed after he made the, the three-pointer in the in game one. My yep. father-in-law was like, nothing's happening to his arms. Like, he's, <laughs> is he flexing? <laughs> That's. <funny. laughs> And so, like the Lakers, I, I I legitimately think, and maybe this is me being like an older, older guy who watched the playoffs growing up. But every single playoff team that had success there had at least one of those guys who were willing to kind of muck it up, and and the other team was always a little nervous about the physicality that they brought to the table. Yeah, right? You're talking about the Draymonds, PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker was yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. and and the Lakers. I think this offseason are going to have to find somebody like that who gets minutes, right? Like, like somebody who, you know, somebody who's willing to go out there and mess around and, and, and occasionally, you know, put a toe over the line of physicality and dirty, you know, go out there and, and, and at any moment, Sabonis, but yeah, or Draymond, yeah, you don't want to go full Draymond, no, you know? Um, but, but like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Do you, do you, would you, how do you feel about that? Cause I, I brought that up with you and Harrison and you guys kind of like, you know, whatever about it, but, but I, so I, I, I is, think that's something that the Lakers are really missing. So here's the problem with that. I, and I don't disagree with you conceptually. The problem with that though, is, um, it's hard to find those guys that can actually play. Mm -hmm. And if they can't play and won't play, it doesn't matter. Right. Because yeah. You, you have to be a guy that is out there enough and, you know, to, to have, to, you can't rally your guys from the bench, right? You can't come in. Yeah. This is not like Marty McSorley protecting Wayne Gretzky, where he's like not yeah. really playing and just comes in to, you know, be a goon and knock somebody Every out. Every time he, got, he was right. on the ice, it was you like, all right, touch, who's he hitting? You don't touch Wayne Gretzky because here comes McSorley and he's going to knock you out. So yeah. it has to be somebody that plays enough that like, yeah, you have to like to lead a team. You have to play, um, unless you have so much history. Like Andre Iguodala is one of the one of the Warriors leaders, but he's been there forever. Um, yeah, and he's a vet, so it, it's it's hard to find, especially because most likely UD. any new guys that come in are going to be mid level exception or minimum guys. And so mm -hmm. to find a guy that has some of that and can play is a tough ask. I don't mm -hmm. disagree with you, but I think it's just going to be hard to find. And they yeah. generally got to be a big guy. That's why I I would have like Steve Blake is that dude. I promise you, Steve Blake. Yeah, is that dude. Steve dude. Blake was a crazy person. Steve yeah. Blake is that dude, but he's also you know a six three hundred and ninety pound point guard. So yeah, mm. yeah. I I that's where that's where 
you know, it's going to be interesting. I don't think Bamba will be a Laker next year. I think they actually use that non-guaranteed contract to, to bring in somebody else. Um, but yeah, I, I, how about I, this? I would be surprised if he's just not guaranteed. I would be surprised. I think there may be efforts to trade him. I suspect there will be. Um, oh, I see what you mean. But I do yeah. not think that he'll just be waived. Yeah. Yeah. Because it I, doesn't make any, I hope it, not. it doesn't help. Right. There's no, yeah. there's no reason to, unless, they, unless, 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 unless you're going to all of the guys, you're just going to get rid of. Um, well, because otherwise if you piecemeal it, you're not, there's no benefit to it because you're not getting any cap space. Well, here's, here's the one thing that I've been thinking about a lot is cause I think Rui has earned himself a pretty significant payday. I think Reeves has earned himself a pretty significant payday. Yeah. And <clears throat> if the Lakers run up, close enough that close enough to that that new apron that is going to be in the in the cba it doesn't go into, doesn't go into effect until the following year okay but they would still like if you pay enough of those guys right like into next year too which they would be oh got um, you. I, I understand okay yeah yeah got you like I, I i i would kind of wonder if he becomes a cap casualty for even the, the upcoming season after this one um because of the paydays because like reeves i think you can make a real case for like 13 mil a year, I think. Right. What's pool got? What did pool get? What did, what did Jordan pool get? Yeah. He get, well, he got like 30, close to 20, right? No, he got 30 a year. Three 30, 33. Yeah. A year. Yeah. It hasn't kicked in yet. It kicks in next year. Yeah. Pool got the same. Oh thing man. As, what a pool disaster. Got the same thing is, pool got the same thing as Tyler hero and Anthony Simons. Yeah. I, He's like four one twenty something. Oh my god, that's terrible. Oof. <laughs> I mean, he's been he has not been great this year, and yeah, the the first two playoff games he's been awful. He's also yeah. supposedly hurt, but yeah, you know he was useful in the playoffs last year. So yeah, it's not but great. I, I, if, it, it certainly, is going if Pool not great, if Pool is going to be thirty, then certainly Reeves is fifteen at least. I think I think Reeves is just a better player than Pool anyway. But like, I think Pool's younger. Um, and, and, and I think, uh, so like Reeves goes from, you know, what he made this year, one and change yep. to like 15 and then Reeves or uh, not Reeves, but Rui, Rui is already at like eight or nine mil, right. On his rookie deal. Yeah. Yeah. And I would imagine that's probably going to double, uh, being a three and D wing. And, you know, there you're talking about 16, 17 mil as well. You add that to the max contracts that you already have in LeBron and AD. You have, I think, uh, D'Angelo Russell's making like 30 this year, right? I don't think he's going to take, I don't think he's going to be taking too big a pay cut. Like, I would imagine he's going to be close to at least 25, I would say, right? Even even if, if he, he would take, he's if, he, if he would take 25, if he would take four for 25 or five for 25, then it would have happened already. Yeah, that's true. Oh, it couldn't have been five because he would be signing an extension. So it would be four for four for a hundred. Are you kidding me? If I wonder if I wonder if they could convince him, like by giving him an extra year at twenty five, if he would take one twenty five over five instead of like thirty, you know, one twenty over four. Yeah, and and look, like you know, his market, he kind of has the Lakers over a barrel. Like you know, they can't let him walk for nothing. Um because they're going to be over the cap as you know, given the numbers that we just talked about. So like with Bamba, I kind of wonder given all of those numbers, you know, and Beasley, by the way, <clears throat> and Beasley, 
Um, I kind of wonder if one of Beasley or Bamba just become a cap casualty there. Um, I would, I would, I would hope not, you know, just in terms of al- asset allocation or whatever, but, but it, you know, given, given the state of the numbers as we kind of perceive them to be right now, uh, I could kind of see it. I could kind of see it with Bamba, but we'll see. I, I personally like the idea of extending him at like, you know, for another year at 10 mil or whatever. Um, just because ten million dollar expiring contracts are really valuable well, you come to, you deadline, just pick up his guarantee. You don't extend him, right? No, I, that's what, that's what yeah. I mean. Like yeah. either, yeah. Um, like I, I like the idea of picking up the guarantee and and having him on a ten million expiry next year because those are really important for stacking purposes at the deadline, especially right. if the Lakers don't use their 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 first in in this upcoming or the extra first in the on like draft night or something. Um, so yeah, I, I you know we'll we'll see. I hope that they don't do that, but. Given the numbers, um, I'm kind of preparing myself for that potentially. We'll see. All right. I think we've wandered and meandered plenty. Oh, we uh, did? I, I, I think so. The next time that we talk uh, on this feed, Raj and I might have a, uh, you know, a recap live Saturday night. We'll see um, on that front. And then uh, at the very least, though, we will be back on Sunday. So, again, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, over the course of the week and over the course of our time here with Blue Wire. Uh, shouts to you guys. The reviews are up. The five-star reviews are up. The mailbag is, is steadily filling up every we week when that. I go to it. Uh, we, I, I saw that we jumped into the iTunes 200 for sports. We love that. Um, for, for, for reviews and, 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 and just general growth. So, so thanks to you guys for that. Um, if you haven't already, I hope you guys check out the, <coughs> the conversation that Aaron and I had on Substack last week. Uh, and, and yeah, just general... Oh, and subscribe on YouTube. Go to YouTube, search Lakers Lounge, and, and all of that stuff is there as well. So uh, again, thanks everybody here. Thank you, Aaron, for hopping on. I'm Anthony Irwin. That was Aaron Larsoul. This was The Lamp. I wish, I wish you would have said, I'm just fluffing. Like, not <laughs> I am fluffing my hair because I was noticing how glorious your haircut looks. I'm getting one at at, uh, 1 o'clock this afternoon.